Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, September 16th. Altar Abuse. Today's scripture reading is found in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8-14 through 14, from the Message Translation, which reads, He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. Samuel failed to show up at Gilgal, and the soldiers were slipping away right and left. So Saul took charge. Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. He went ahead and sacrificed the burnt offering. No sooner had he done it than Samuel showed up. Saul greeted him. Samuel said, What on earth are you doing? Saul answered, When I saw I was losing my army from under me, and that you hadn't come when you said you would, and that the Philistines were poised at Michmash, I said, The Philistines are about to come down on me at Gilgal, and I haven't yet come before God asking for his help. So I took things into my own hands and sacrificed the burnt offering. That was a fool thing to do, Samuel said to Saul. If you had kept the appointment that your God commanded, by now God would have set a firm and lasting foundation under your kingly rule over Israel. As it is, your kingly rule is already falling to pieces. God is out looking for your replacement right now. This time, he'll do the choosing. When he finds him, he'll appoint him leader of his people. And all because you didn't keep your appointment with God. This is God's Word. I'm going to call this a case of altar abuse. What again is an altar? Altar. The earth and spaces where we mark either the experienced or the evoked presence of the garden in which we no longer dwell. As a people exiled from it, forever walking and toiling and sweating and trudging east of Eden, in dry places, seeking rest, but finding none. Suddenly, like Hagar in her barren flight, we find ourselves beside a spring in the desert that we had not seen, as suddenly we realize we are seen by the one who sees us. And for a moment, it is Eden again, even if just for a moment. And so we shape our earthen altar or pile up gathered stones or even just one, a standing stone, testifying to all who passed that God was in this place and we didn't know it. But for a moment, for ever so tantalizingly brief a moment, we saw the face of God. Even if through a glass darkly. Now that's an altar. But make no mistake, you can't force an altar. Nor can you force presence by the use of an altar or any number of multiplied sacrifices. That would be altar abuse, and it never ends well. It's like the bad priests Hophni and Phineas. That would actually be Hophni and Pinchas, whose names mean respectively pugilist and brassmouth. Not exactly auspicious names for priests. Yeah, they brought the Ark of the Covenant to help guarantee victory in battle after Israel's initial drubbing by the Philistines. You can read about it in 1 Samuel chapter 4. Altar as talisman, as good luck charm, as enchanted object to be used and manipulated to our desired results. Not a good ending to that story. 
It's like Nehushtan. You remember Nehushtan, right? You would actually know it better as the brass snake of Numbers 21. The Israelites are plagued with lethal snakes, and Moses fashions a brass snake on a pole to hold before them so that whoever looked at the snake would be healed. Talk about counterintuitive. The thing is, they held on to that brass snake after the snake plague was long gone, tucked it away as a memento. It next shows up some 500 years later, at least, give or take a decade or century, in the days of King Hezekiah, who's doing a massive house cleaning of the temple grounds of all vestiges of idolatry, aka extreme altar abuse, including the brass serpent from their wilderness journeys. After all those years, there it is, its past glory desperately sought as a national remedy for their current crop of snakes, politically and otherwise. Hezekiah called it Nehustam, which is literally thing of brass, for that's all it ultimately was, a thing of brass that once served as a gateway to divine healing. No doubt to Indiana Jones' horror as a rescuer of ancient artifacts, Hezekiah took the ancient thing of brass and unceremoniously smashed it into bits. It's like the seven exorcists in the neighborhoods of Ephesus deciding to augment their inventory of exorcist incantations by adjuring demons to come out by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Yeah, it didn't work out so well for them either. It's like the tempter prompting Jesus to turn stones to bread to satisfy the hunger of the world, no doubt, starting with himself first, of course. Altar abuse. Leveraging the holy for personal or institutional advancement or profit or even just survival. Like Joab as we cling to the horns of the altar, hoping for reprieve despite our bloody hands and our trail of sins and betrayal. It's what Ecclesiastes would call a bad business. Or Exodus, a golden calf. So as you pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, do a bit of self-examination if you haven't been already. When have you found yourself trying to leverage the holy for your own benefit and personal profit or advancement? How do we avoid the pit of altar abuse? How do we keep from turning holy spaces into marketplaces? Lord, deliver me from altar abuse in all of its blatant as well as its more subtle forms. Forgive me all the times, and there are too many, when I would leverage the holy to advance my own interests, when I would use you as a cover for my own cause. Let it not just be my sandals that are removed as I stand before the holy ground of the next burning bush, but all of the self-promotion and selfish ambition that are not so easily removed from this heart that would actually try to capture and package that burning bush. Let me instead be the living sacrifice upon the altar of this day through your abundant mercies. <laughs>